And the Emmy goes to. 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 Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the umbrella of nextbestpicture.com, where we sometimes talk about television other than just movies. Yes, television. It's that other thing out there that you watch your entertainment media on, on a much, much smaller screen, sometimes your phones even. But hell, seems like we can do that with movies nowadays too, pretty frequently. In any event, today uh, we are going to be going over the... Well, no, not the nominations, the winners, uh, predicted winners for the 71st Primetime Emmy Awards. We are going to be going over the predicted winners in all of the categories there, uh, minus the Creative Arts Emmy Awards that will take place on another evening. But we are going to go over some of the guest categories for the acting awards there. Here to help me do it, I've got Michael Schwartz. You can call me the marvelous Mr. Schwartz tonight. And Tom O'Brien. Oh, the marvelous Mr. O'Brien. Take that. <laughs> and the marvelous Ryan C. Shower sends his regards. He wished that he could be here with us tonight, but alas, it is just the three of us here to throw down our predictions for the Emmys. Uh, let's just uh, cut to the chase here. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one. Easy, easy. Well, we'll see how easy it gets. Why don't we start off with those creative uh, arts guest actor in a comedy series and drama series awards. Why don't we start off first and foremost here. Outstanding guest actor in a drama series. Nominees this year are Michael Angerano for This Is Us, Ron Cephas Jones for This Is Us, Michael McKean for Better Call Saul, Kumail Nanjiani for The Twilight Zone, Glenn Turman for How to Get Away with Murder, Bradley Whitford for The Handmaid's Tale. I pass it off first to Michael Schwartz. You know, it, even though it did not have a full season that was ready for the Emmys this year, The Handmaid's Tale was very popular in directing and writing. It scored a couple of nominations, even though it was just holdovers from season two. Which leads me to believe that there's still a lot of support, and I believe that support will extend here to guest actor in a drama series and give Bradley Whitford his third Emmy win. Okay. All right. Wow. Third Emmy win for Bradley Whitford. Tom O'Brien, do you share the same sentiment here? I do, but I uh, but I want to give a bit of a shout out to an actor who's done yeoman work on this series for years, and that's Michael McKean in Better, Better Call Saul. He is just one heck of an actor, and he's deliver. He's been delivering year after year these guest performances, and uh, I I would love to see him recognized. But I'm 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 in Michael's camp. I think that Bradley Whitford, uh, the is is going to win uh, mostly because the number of nominations that this truncated Handmaid's Tale season got shows a deep bench. There's a lot of uh, love still there for that series, so I'm going to go with Bradley. Is there, though? Because last year's season of The Handmaid's Tale, mm, remember when it came back and we all thought it was going to do gangbusters and it barely performed? It may not have done gangbusters, but you look at how they responded to these final few episodes and the fact that it's Bradley Whitford, who I think his career is as hot right now as it's ever been. You know, you look at what he did on the West Wing years ago, but I think now he's just popping up everywhere. He has a huge Twitter presence. He's just a likable guy. You know what? 
I, I think I'll be the uh, outlier here because I, while I don't necessarily know, and I might come back to this later because I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of these predictions, I'm going to re- predict here on the show on the fly with some input from you guys as well as just finally making a decision on certain things here and there. I think this is the year where Better Call Saul is probably going to break through with some stuff here and there. And God help me if this nomination for Michael McKean is not a residual nomination for what should have been a nomination last year in his uh, final full season on the show. I mean, he was just absolutely stupendous last year. So I think that they will give it to him for Better Call Saul. But I'm not going to argue against the Bradley Woodford argument. I think it's a good argument and uh, one that I probably should be going with. But I don't know. I just feel like the love for The Handmaid's Tale, like it is still there within the Academy, absolutely, to get the nominations. But I just don't know about the wins here, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it it, it really, it's, it's kind of an odd year for The Handmaid's Tale. It's almost seeming like an afterthought. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, there are these categories here. Um, yeah. But but if you're a big fan of The Handmaid's Tale and in the acting branch, this is one of the few places you can actually acknowledge it. And let's also not discount the This Is Us crowd. This Is Us has done extremely well in these categories. Yes. Uh, so, I, I mean, Ron Cephas Jones won this category last year. There's a chance he could win again. They do like to repeat. Yeah, we'll see. Outstanding guest actress in a drama series. Laverne Cox for Orange is the New Black. Sherry Jones for The Handmaid's Tale. Jessica Lange for American Horror Story Apocalypse. Felicia Rashad for This Is Us. Cicely Tyson for How to Get Away with Murder. And Carice Van Houten for Game of Thrones. Michael. Oh, I think this is an incredibly easy call. Felicia Rashad has never won an Emmy. And I think this is the perfect opportunity right here. Bingo, bingo, bingo. I agree. Tom? Yep, I think that's uh, that, that it, it would be a much-deserved career win. Yep. All right, three for three there. I, I, I agree. Do we think that there's, uh, you know, an argument to be made for anyone else, or is this just completely clear-cut and dry? I think this is the perfect Emmy narrative right here. This is what a narrative is made for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series, Matt Damon for Saturday Night Live, Robert De Niro for Saturday Night Live, Luke Kirby for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Peter McNichol for Veep, John Mulaney, Adam Sandler, both for Saturday Night Live, and Rufus Sewell for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Michael. You know, I think Adam Sandler was the best SNL host maybe in the past five years. I think his episode was just absolutely remarkable. It's so nice to see him, you know, branching out, doing some different things lately. And I think not only does he deserve to win, but he will win. Tom. Oh, there's a lot of Saturday Night Live people to get through. Uh, I think the best written episode, for me at least, was the John Mulaney one because it took a lot of chances and didn't rely on a lot of familiar characters, which I really That was incredible. Um, but I, um, oh boy, I hate, I wanted, I, it's, I think it's going to be Sandler. They have not had a chance to honor him in much of anything. And um, he's now uh, in the midst of a, a good career turnaround and they may want to be on the precipice of it. It's a good narrative to be sure. And one that I want to get behind. I just worry because there's four nominees for Saturday Night Live in this category. And I don't know. I just feel like it could be a bit divided here. Yeah. But the two for Maisel, you know, Luke Kirby pops up here and there when Rufus uh, Sewell was nominated. 
Look, I've watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two more than once. I couldn't remember who he was. Mm. <laughs> the same thing happened with me, too. I had to go look it up. <laughs> you know, what about Peter McNichol? Only because of the fact that he had his nomination revoked mm-hmm. and now he's got it back. And there could still be, I understand the nominations don't necessarily support it, but there could still be some strong support for V. Yeah, that was, you know, he had such a good season when his nomination was revoked, you know, because he was in it for like 12 seconds more than he was allowed. The problem is he's fine in the season of Veep, but he doesn't make as much of an impression. The question is, do they want to make good, though, on that revoked nomination? That And that's what I'm leaning towards, and I'm going to go with him for that reason. Like, I, because he lost that year. Well, when his nomination got revoked, the person that they ended up uh, replacing him with, it was... um Peter Scolari. Yeah, Peter Scolari. And he ended up winning, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's also a veteran actor who had been around forever. Oh, no, no, no. I totally understand that and everything. I'm just saying, though, like, I, I, I kind of got this feeling of, listen, you know, we couldn't give it to you last time due to a technical. We gave it to the show still regardless, but here's yours now. You know, that sort of yeah. th- It sort could of happen thing. where everything splits, maybe, but uh, I don't know. I think the SNL names are, you know, sexy marquee names. Okay. All right. I don't know. It's not out of the realm of possibility by any means. Outstanding guest actress in a comedy series. Uh, comedy series. We have Jen- Jane Lynch for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Sandra Oh for Saturday Night Live, Maya Rudolph for The Good Place, Kristen Scott Thomas for Fleabag, Fiona Shaw for Fleabag, and Emma Thompson for Saturday Night Live. I think Jane Lynch should have won it last year, and I think she will win Ooh. it this year. Uh, it's a wonderful performance and so different. Uh, you know, it's so unexpected in uh, who this character is. Boy, it's a good it's a good lineup though. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas has a scene in a bar in Fleabag that just I just adored. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, Fiona Shaw. I feel like I, I even I listen. I love her moment on the show uh, that she has her brief moment. Yeah, but I, I kind of don't know what she's doing here as a result of that. To be honest with you, no, don't. Uh, but Kristen Scott Thomas, I understand, and I could I could totally see if they wanted to. Uh, go that route but i i'm with michael i'm leaning more towards jane lynch with this one although ah uh, continue i feel like i'm i feel like i cut you off here and you, you were on something um uh, i wouldn't rule out emma thompson you know i just rewatched late night on amazon prime i'm not gonna lie i just did <laughs> and she's great she really is you and she really late gave... night yeah my roommate was watching it. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves Emma Thompson, I guess. But uh, I, I think Jane Lynch was seen as the frontrunner at one point last year. Yeah. And then, of course, Tiffany Haddish came in with that SNL episode and stole all the thunder. I think this is a time to you know, show that people still love Maisel and give it to Jane Lynch, who, again, people do really love. She won for Glee. She's a popular person in the industry. I think it's, yeah, it just makes sense to me. And, and people do love uh, Maisel still. It did really, really well with its nominations this year. So we know that the Academy definitely is still uh, really liking this show for its second season. Th- that's part of the reason why I'm inclined to go with her. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll stick with that. Okay. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to jump out to Emma Thompson just to see. Okay. 
All right, well, that will do it then for the uh, guest categories at the Creative Arts Emmys. I mean, we could be here all night if we went through uh, the entire Creative Arts Emmys as well as the Primetime Emmys, and we're not we're just not going to do that, plain and simple. Oh. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump over to the uh, Primetime Emmy Awards, and we're going to start off with... Outstanding writing for a variety series. We've got Documentary Now, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Last Week Tonight with Seth Myers, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and Saturday Night Live. I think it's John Oliver. I, I too think it's John Oliver. I don't think there's any stopping John Oliver for the near future. I, I agree. I think he's the new John Stewart of the category in a sort of way. Yeah. All right. Outstanding writing for... Well, should we just do? Should we like lump the writing categories together, or you want to just do that? Yeah, that'll be good. It'll give it will give some variety. We'll we'll hop around a little bit, you know. Okay. Let me do that. So, outstanding writing for a limited series movie or dramatic special. We've got Chernobyl, Escape at Danamora, uh, for two episodes, part six and part seven. Fosse Verdon, A Very English Scandal, and When They See Us. Michael. You know. We could talk about this more when we get to all the limited series and movies, but I think there are three clear front runners here, and it's going to be interesting to see how they break them down. Almost like that 2014 Oscar year when it was between Boyhood, Birdman, and the Grand Budapest Hotel, how they wanted to sort of spread the wealth. Yeah. I think yeah. writing in a limited series or movie is going to go to Chernobyl. I think so, too. I, I also think that those uh, podcasts that Craig did uh, explaining a lot behind the process of the making of the show was really, really insightful. And I think a lot, a lot of people kind of, you know, dug into that to just at the level of research, the characterization, the expansiveness of the event and how many people it touched. And also too, tying back into some very relevant themes of today. I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm going with Chernobyl. And I think that uh, when they see us, its strengths are elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chernobyl sounds like something. How could you possibly write a limited series based on that event? And not only did they do it, they triumphed with it. It's the, I think it's the best written of the five. I'm, I'm with you on this. I also think there's a bit of a weird narrative, too, with the fact that this is also the writer of uh, some of the scary movies, the hangover movies that we don't like. Yeah. <laughs> the Huntsman Winner's War. <laughs> you know? And then he writes Chernobyl. You know, it's it's such a great narrative for like any aspiring writers out there that like, you know, are feeling like, oh, I'm stuck making these studio comedies. And, you know, you too can write a Chernobyl one day, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I always have uh, second thoughts about calling someone a terrible writer based on the crappy movie that he or she was involved with, because there, yeah. there may be a great writer in there just trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, moving on to more writing, outstanding writing for a comedy series. We have Barry for Ronnie and Lily, uh, Fleabag episode one, The Good Place, Janet's, Pen15 for Anna Ishi Peters, Russian Doll for Nothing in This World is Easy, Russian Doll for A Warm Body, and Veep for Veep. Michael? Oh, I think this is totally going to Fleabag. Same here. Oh, I hope it is. I mean, that's a brilliant episode, and uh, she deserves it. 
Yeah, um, I I agree. Fleabag is one of the shows that I was uh, most proud to catch up on in time for uh, this podcast. And I watched season one and season two very quickly, might I add. That show goes by way too fast. And it's so brilliant. And I, I agree. While I don't know necessarily how big of a night Fleabag is going to have, I think this is the most appropriate place to reward it. I, and I think that writers, it's my branch, so I, I'm a prejudice, but they're very perceptive on what's good writing, generally, in this category. Mm. And, uh, and I think that these nominees are very good, and uh, Veep would usually get it just out of sheer roteness, but writers will stand up uh, when, when something special comes along, and I think Fleabag is it. So, the question is... <laughs> To put your fury to the test there, Tom, Our dumb do dumb. writers recognize good writing, outstanding writing for a dramedy, uh, for a dramedy, outstanding writing for a drama series? Uh, one of these nominees could be a, uh, a dramedy. It was uh, quite laughable this year. We have Better Call Saul for winner, Bodyguard for episode one. Uh, Game of Thrones. That's the one I'm alluding to here. The Iron Throne. The Handmaid's Tale for Holly, Killing Eve for Nice and Neat, and Succession for Nobody is Ever Missing. Michael. Matt, would you like me to shock you right here? Please don't say it. I think that writing in a drama series is going to be rewarded to The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say Game of Thrones. No. (laughs) And listen, I'm the biggest Game of Thrones fan I know, and it's so weird for me to talk about it this way, but dear God, I, I, I will be... Listen, I'll be happy to a certain extent at any award Game of Thrones wins uh, at both creative and primetime. Of of course, it's my show. It always has been. But this is the one category of them all that if they win this, I will be like, it will just be so clear to me that they don't actually watch these shows and they're just checking boxes. It it would be a a fucking disgrace if they win for this. So I'm just really, really glad that you're picking something else. (laughs) I think he goes to The Handmaid's Tale because the episode, apparently, I don't watch the show anymore, but from what I understand, this was a very popular episode, a very well-regarded episode, and if they like it as much as I think they do based on these couple episodes, the love could extend beyond Bradley Whitford. But there's also a world where they get on the hype train, and the hot new show right now on HBO is Succession. Which is my pick. Mm-hmm. Tom, you get a lot of feedback uh, because you are a member of uh, the writer's branch. Uh, so I'm just really curious in terms of, you know, have you heard people talking about, you know, Better Call Saul or Succession, Killing Eve? You know, I mean, like, what, what are people saying and what are your general thoughts here? People are talking about Succession. Uh, yeah. But I think largely because people, uh, many people are discovering it. Well, the second season is airing right now, which I think yeah. is helping tremendously. Yeah, you can't underestimate the importance of uh, that happening. Um, but I tend to kind of, when I vote, um, I, I'd like to watch the episodes back to back to back to back. Uh, and that way uh, I, I can go with my immediate impression. And I thought the best written one and the one I voted for was Killing Eve. It was very clean, very crisp, very precise writing. And I appreciate that. Now, that may not be um, the, you know, the aesthetic that, you know, the current group of writers want to go for. But I went for it. I'm not sure it's going to win. But if Succession wins, I'll be very happy. Yeah, yeah. 
It's going to be Game of Thrones, isn't it? Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I just can't wait to see Reddit implode if that happens. In in every single year where Game of Thrones was nominated and eligible, I've never voted for it. Eh. Yeah, because even, even the best episode that they were nominated for, The Reigns of Castamere, uh, that was also going up against a really, really strong year. So Yeah, I, I, I say that only because um, its strengths are elsewhere. True, true. Alrighty, moving over now to directing. Oh directing for a variety series. We have Documentary Now, Drunk History, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Saturday Night Live, and Who is America? Michael. John Oliver. Tom? I'm really thinking, I'd be pissed if it was John Oliver. It's plunking down a camera. I'm, it's I, what, what they have to recreate in... Uh, documentary now that Kate Blanchett episode is I, I think a, it's amazingly captures the original film and and SNL has a lot of movement uh, a lot going on there um, I think John Oliver will win but I would vote for documentary now I'm with you on documentary now well, but I mean <laughs> Michael, I cannot deny, I think John Oliver's got a really good shot as well. So, See, I know Documentary Now is really beloved. It's a great show. I love it. But I don't know if the support is all there quite yet. Like, it didn't get acting nominations, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I know this might be their most popular season with the co-op episode and, of course, the Cape Blanchett episode. But I just want a little bit more proof that it's a, a huge thing before I predicted for the win. If not John Oliver, I think it'll be Saturday Night Live. Yeah, we have to actually, that- you know what? I'm going back. I, I think it's actually going to be Saturday Night Live with John Oliver in second place. Okay, because we have to remember that it, only directors can vote in this category. Right, right. And I think SNL, you know, they get in the win uh, last year and I believe uh, 2017 as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with SNL there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Directing for. Oh man. For a limited series, movie, or dramatic special. Hold on to your butts, people. We got Chernobyl, Escape of Danamora, two, ep- two episodes of Fosse Verdon, A Very English Scandal, and When They See Us. I- I've been pulling my hair out on this one like you have no idea. Uh, Tom, I'll throw it to you first on this one. Oh, you know... It- Ben, ben Stiller is the, the one that jumps out, uh, mostly because it was such a his direction was so respected uh, in the reviews. It would, it, and it's a beautiful job of directing. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, you got a couple of movie names in here with Stephen Frears for a very English scandal, and of course Ava DuVernay, and uh, Thomas Kael is a you know major theater director. Um, who won, I believe, for Greece, the uh, live musical years ago. Uh, but I think it's going to be du- Ava DuVernay. I, too, think it's going to be Ava DuVernay. However, as Michael was kind of saying earlier about this year with limited series in terms of there being like a Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Birdman Boyhood, like three-way split sort of a thing, I initially came into this thinking Chernobyl would win writing, Escape of Dan and Moore would win directing, and, spoiler alert, When They See Us will win series. But 
I kind of can't get out of my mind this image of Ava winning a directing award. Mm. It, it just feels like something that is destined to happen at some point. And I think that the show's overall nomination hall and everything else really does help support that. But then again, Ben Stiller did win the DGA. But then again, also Escape of Danamora premiered almost a year ago. So, Michael, weigh in. Yeah, I think Ava DuVernay is going to take this. And as for my comparison earlier about the 2014 Oscar season, what we have to remember is that it made sense on paper. But at the end of the day, Richard Linklater and Wes Anderson did not leave with Oscars. Yeah. So Ben Stiller, I think, deserves to win here. I think his work on Danamora was absolutely sensational. Yeah. But Ava DuVernay is such a force. She's like, as much as Ben Stiller is obviously a celebrity, Ava is a celebrity in her own right. Now watch it go to Stephen Frears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was a great show. But I think Ava DuVernay is just like, you know, the hot commodity the show was so powerful, and this seems like a good place to reward her. And they might even go back to the show later on, but we can talk about that as we get to it. Yeah. All right. Outstanding directing for a comedy series. Uh, we got two episodes of Barry, The Audition, and Ronnie, Ronnie Lilly. The Big Bang Theory uh, for the Stockholm Syndrome, Fleabag, Episode 1, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, All Alone, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Again, with We're Going to the Catskills. Michael. Ronnie Lilly. Yeah. Tom? That's the strength of the episode, the direction. Ronnie Lilly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen all of these episodes, with the exception of Big Bang Fury, because, yeah. I mean, come on. But, but I, I have to say the, the direction of Ronnie Lilly was like, I, and I get it, it's a big, flashy, like, action episode. With a lot of choreography and a lot of stuff going on, a lot of long takes. I, like, I get it. It's flashy direction. But I also think, too, Barry, like, really, really is starting to catapult right now into, like, the stratosphere of television pop culture. Like, like kind of like what Breaking Bad did at a certain point. Yeah. Like, I, I just have this feeling that when Barry season three rolls around, it's going to explode, you know? And I started to like feel that this year with season two a bit with episodes like Ronnie Lilly, which got a lot of people talking. So, yeah, I'm, w I'm, I'm with you on it. I, th I think that's the one. And then outstanding directing for a drama series. Uh, we got three episodes of Game of Thrones here. Uh, we've got The Long Night, The Last of the Starks, The Iron Throne, The Handmaid's Tale for Holly, Killing Eve, Desperate Times, Ozark, Reparations and Succession Celebration. And it's really interesting because a part of me thinks because this category likes to go for star directors. So initially, when I saw the nominees, my brain immediately said, oh, Adam McKay for Succession. You know, it's like David Fincher winning for uh, House of Cards or mm -hmm. um, Stephen Daldry winning for The Crown. But I don't know, man, those 50... Uh, late night shoots that they did on Game of Thrones for the long night, which turned out to be the biggest spectacle in the history of television. Um, I kind of think it's going to go to Miguel Sapochnik again. This is a tough one. This is a really, really tough one because mm -hmm. I think Game of Thrones would have this in the bag if it were just one episode submitted. Oh, yeah. But the yeah. fact that there are three really complicates things. So... You know, part of me wants to say it's the Iron Throne was the finale, right? 
The Iron Throne was the finale, yeah. They should have just submitted that, kept it as the finale, even if it's not the flashiest of episodes. I think that could have won. But I'm actually not going to predict any of the Game of Thrones because I think they're all going to split here, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And my prediction here is actually Ozark. Interesting. I think it's a way to reward Jason Bateman, who's respected among the actors and directors. I know this is just directors here, but I think his show is really, really hot right now. Netflix is clearly positioning this to be the next big thing for the drama series once Game of Thrones leaves. And I feel like that show has its fans. So a little out of the box prediction. I'm, there. I'm one of them. I'm probably wrong, yeah. but I think Ozark takes it. Yeah, but he's, uh, I mean, and this is not a fluke nomination because he was nominated last year as well for it. Yes. Um, so uh, he's solid in that, in that uh, category. So, but I, I kind of maybe see this as an opportunity to give a nod, not that they won't do it the rest of the evening to uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss for um, the finale. Uh, it's, it, 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 whether you like it or not, and I'm not a big fan of the finale, uh, it, it, it does a lot of stuff to bring everything together. And you can argue whether everything is indeed brought together, but uh, I think they make they're suckers for pilots and finales. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, no, I, I I can't argue with that. I just think that finale was just so so divisive amongst people, and the long night episode is the like literally it's the big action blockbuster episode that literally you could go see in a movie theater right now. Oh yeah. And I feel that that's the kind of stuff right now that a lot of people are looking at as this is what's capable within television now. And this is the kind of directing that we want to do. You know, it's so hard to get stuff made within the movie studio system, but we can get it done here on television. And here's someone and like a team of people that actually did it. Uh, that's ah, man. But, Michael, you make a good argument, though, for Jason Bateman. Um, damn. And then I got. Then there's Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, nah, you know what? I'm gonna stick with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with uh, uh, the Game of Thrones episode. I, I think, if anything, uh, they just had a. They had such a narrative around that episode too. Oh, it was like 40, 50 long late night shoots, and that's all you heard. Yeah. How grueling and how hard that shoot was. Yeah, so, everyone was able yep. to see it. I was able to see it. You don't even watch the show, so you didn't see. You didn't see shit. <laughs> You can't judge that. <laughs> I, I, I was I was actually a very vocal person on that issue, but that's because I believe in TV calibration, so there's that. <laughs> Alrighty, moving over to the supporting actor races now. Supporting actor in a limited series or movie. Asante Black for When They See Us. Paul Dano, Escape of Danamora. John Leguizamo for When They See Us, Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl, Ben Wishaw for A Very English Scandal, and Michael K. Williams for When They See Us. Heaven help me. Tom. I think this is an easy call for Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl. Easy call. Michael, is it it that easy for you? Yeah. It's easy for me in a different way, but I am not going with Stellan Skarsgård, believe it or not. Okay. I am going with Michael K. Williams. And I am split. I'm going with Ben Wishaw for a very English scandal. Oh, my goodness. He won the Golden Globe. It's true. And they did give a very English scandal quite a bit of love in other categories. It makes sense. And and he's, you know, really a co-lead in it. I really want Michael K. Williams to win. I really do. 
Yeah. I, I think he he's not a huge presence on the show, but when he's on screen, he can't help but break your heart. Yeah. And the fact is that he's an Emmy favorite. He was nominated for uh, The Night Of, and of course, you know, he's known for The Wire. And Borwak Empire. he wasn't even nominated for. His first nomination at the Emmys came in 2015 for Bessie. Yeah. He was nominated for Bessie, The Night Of, Vice, of all things, in 2018. Not the movie Vice, the uh, HBO series. <laughs> and now When They See Us. I think he's, you know... Just a beloved guy, and this is a place to reward him, even if it's a bit of a smaller role. Yeah, he's definitely in the club, and that's important. I, I got to admit, though, Stellan Skarsgård did knock me on my ass uh, with some of the stuff he did in Chernobyl. I just didn't expect it. I know he's a great actor. but it, Yeah, he's but, always been phenomenal, but there was like a gravitas to that role that like, I really felt the weight and the importance of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 it really stands out from the other nominees in terms of that weight. Uh, I'll 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 stick with the split and I'll go with Wishaw. It'll make it fun, right? Oh, yeah. You know uh, who it could totally be, by the way, Dano, John Leguizamo. You, you know what? I was gonna say like because emotionally, while watching when they see us, John Leguizamo's performance worked more on me than Michael K. Williams did. But he's another favorite. Remember when he got in last year for Waco? Hmm. I also think, too, Leguizamo submitted the better episode for himself than Michael K. Williams did. We'll have to see. You know, it's a really tough category. I think, you know, you're both smart to pick one from A Very English Scandal and one from Chernobyl because they're the only ones from their yeah. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it's just really unique. There's no clear front runner the way I see it. I know, Tom, you were pretty uh, solid with Stellan, but... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I mean, like, I can't argue with either one of your logic here. That's why I said heaven help me. Like, this is a really, really tough category for that reason. And I really do think it's tough because of these particular three. The other three, you know, I could see, like, Paul Dano surprising. But I, I don't see Asante Black getting – I mean, that like, that's a that that's a pure we love this show and good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And John Leguizamo, I mean, you know, I, I th- like I said, I think he's really, really good in that episode. And I really, really liked his work a lot. But Michael Key Williams, I just think, has, like, the stronger narrative here. So, damn. I know. I'll, 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 stick, I'll stick with my pick. You guys stick with yours. We'll yeah. call it a day. This is really one of the better categories. Yeah. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. Patricia Arquette for The Act. Marsha Stephanie Blake for When They See Us, Patricia Clarkson for Sharp Objects, Vera Farmiga for When They See Us, Margaret Margaret Qualley for Fosse Verdon, and Emily Watson for Chernobyl. Alrighty, you know, I love my girl, Amy Adams. I really do. I don't think that she's going to win. But I think they'll throw sharp objects a bone here and give it to Patricia Clarkson. Oh, I think Patricia Clarkson has this in the bag. Yeah, I think her performance has become iconic over the past year. I'm not even a fan of that show, and I think she was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I think she's, you know, again, another beloved figure in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it, it's a, it's a, it, I, I didn't dislike it quite as much, but. Uh, I think this is its only chance. And I'm, I'm going to go with Clarkson as well. I, I, I wish I, I got to go. I got to get to see Arquette, though, Michael, in uh, the act. 
because uh, I've, I've yeah, she's seen... really sensational, and I'm going to come out and say it now. I don't think she's winning lead actress in a limited series or movie. So Not this me would maybe be the place to reward her. But yeah. remember, she already has an Emmy. She has an Oscar. I also don't think they vote that way with us. Mm. They don't, but I think at the same time, still, Patricia Clarkson also does have the edge. Okay. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series, Alan Arkin for The Kaminsky Method, Anthony Carrigan for Barry, Tony Hale for Veep, Stephen Root for Barry, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Henry Winkler for Barry. But before we name a winner here, I just want to point out one last thing about the previous category. If Patricia Clarkson does win, she'll be three for three at the Emmys. More reason that she's a favorite. But as for the category we're talking about now, this is a tough one when you look at the quality of everyone there. I don't think there's a false note to be found here. But I think Tony Shalhoub is so absolutely fantastic on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Won the SAG Award. Probably should have won. No, actually, no. Henry Winkler was terrific I was going to say, year. take that back right yeah. now, you bastard. I, I forgot that was just last year. Uh, no, I, I love seeing Henry Winkler win. I think but, they uh, got it out of the way. Yeah. And I think it kind of clears the path for Tony Shalhoub to win now. Yeah, and he's yeah. just very popular. He won a Tony for The Band's Visit. He won leading actor in a musical for a show in which he doesn't even sing. So that's you know just a sign that there's clear love for this guy all across different industries. He's so fantastic on Maisel, has a ton of terrific scenes in season two. Yeah. I, I think this is his. It's it's a very strong season uh, for, for Shalhoub. And, uh, you know, boy, he's he's been in the club a long time, um, you know, with all the wins for Monk. Uh, but uh, I want to I just, I just was thrilled to see the nominations for Stephen Root and Anthony Kerrigan. Same. Yeah. Stephen Root, I suspected, but Anthony Kerrigan was a complete surprise and a welcome one, too. Yes, yes. Oh, because he is so, here, so funny on that Shalhoub show. If Shalhoub does lose, I think he's going to lose to Stephen Root. I, I, uh, Alan Arkin is right there. I don't know. But you, Alan Arkin's show was not nominated for comedy series. I know, I know. Alan Arkin is know. phenomenal on that show. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. But I think Stephen Root is the working man's actor's actor, yeah. character actor who's been doing this forever. How many mm-hmm. people in the voting audience has, you know, have worked, the voters uh, have worked with Stephen Root? Everybody probably has. And he just yeah. seems such a good guy that they went, oh, I'll give it to Steve. And he has a great finale. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that Stephen Root's time will come for Barry. I just, like, it feels like, I don't know if it's this year. That's the only thing. I, I could see it happening in the future. I just think this year, um, the, the the idea of... Because I could feel like they wanted to give it to Shalhoub last year. I mean, wasn't he, to my memory, wasn't he the only person from Maisel last year that didn't actually win? The show won for writing and won directing. Uh, she won in the lead. Borstein won for supporting. Yeah, right. I mean, Jane Lynch didn't win, but that was at the other ceremony. Right, right. But yeah, I'm talking this ceremony, Michael. <laughs> so, because, but that's because the Henry Winkler uh, narrative was just too hard to ignore last year. And this year, I'm just not sensing the overwhelming desire of well, we got to do it again. Yeah. So I, th- I think that definitely clears the path for Shalhoub. But yeah, you're right. If anyone's a spoiler here, it's probably Stephen Root. I agree. But man, oh man, Alan Arkin. Don't discount 85-year-old legend Alan Arkin. Alrighty. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Anna Chalumsky for Veep. 
Sion Clifford, Clifford, am I saying it right? Sion Clifford for Fleabag. Olivia Coleman for Fleabag. Betty Gilpin for Glow. Sarah Goldberg for Barry. Marin Henkel for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. All right, just to go back a second, I think it's pronounced Sean Clifford. Okay. So, uh, doesn't matter because I don't think she's winning. Nope, I think Olivia Coleman is winning. As do I. I think she will. Uh, boy, eight nominees in this category. They <laughs> always turn this out to be eight nominees. I think it's a rule now. Man. Uh, yeah, I think so. Now that Marin Hinkle is in, uh, uh, it, there may be a Maisel split there. I don't know. I think Kate McKinnon is kind of, we're done. Um, Coleman, uh, Coleman is there's just so much of a glow uh, on her this year. So I'd say, yeah. I'll go with you on that. Yeah, I, I think Fleabag is definitely in to win some stuff. I think Coleman's recent Oscar win also helps. And it, it helps, too, that she's great in the show. Yep. She's great in the show, but I think she's better in season one. But I think everyone's still catching up with season one, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. What, what catch up? You can watch season one in a quarter of a day, not even <laughs> half a day. <laughs> yeah, people are like watching it for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're, you're you're the prime example. I, I am. I watched season one and season two on the same day. Jeez. <laughs> and I still had time. I still had time left on my day. I was like, oh, geez, it's only like five o'clock. What's good? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, are we all going with Coleman here or? Sounds that way. All right. Okay, then. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, Alfie Allen for Game of Thrones, Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul, Nikolai Costa-Waldo for Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones, Giancarlo Esposito, Better Call Saul, Michael Kelly, House of Cards, Chris Sullivan, This Is Us. He's taking it again. Mm-hmm. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage. You know, Dinklage. again, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but from what I understand, his win this year will actually be deserved. I agree. I thought it was uh, some of the best work that he has ever done on the show, hands down. And this is the first year I watched Game of Thrones the entire season. And I was really impressed with how he handled the writing that was thrown at him. Uh, they gave yeah. him a lot of stuff to do. And, yeah. And, and uh, he just handles it like a pro. Um, good on you, Peter. Hope you win. And if he does win, he will break the record for the category. Yep. With uh, four wins. And he remains the only actor from Game of Thrones to win an Emmy for acting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would love to see someone else, obviously, <laughs> win from the show, especially like in this category. But I, I just don't think you can deny uh, the fact that they just clearly have always loved him. And it, it'll be one of those things where if it is somebody else other than him, I, I it would be a genuine surprise, I think, at this point. Supporting actress in a drama series, Gwendolyn Christie for Game of Thrones, Julia Gardner for Ozark, Lena Headey for Game of Thrones, Fiona Shaw, Killing Eve, Sophie Turner, Game of Thrones, and Macy Williams, you guessed it, Game of Thrones. If Lena Headey had anything to do this season, this would have been hers. But apparently she just, you know, stands around and has like 12 minutes of screen time over the entire season. She cries yeah. a lot. And yeah, I mean, she they did pick the best episode for her, but she was wasted this season. It, that, that was something that like truly genuinely upset me. It really did. 
because yeah. she's yeah. she's always been so good on the show and she has deserved to win now for many years. So I'm not buying it. I think this is going to go to Julia Garner. I think it will go to Julia Garner. It's a good, big, meaty part. And uh, not that the uh, game, I think that Maisie Williams, I I thought did a terrific job this year. I mean, I think Maisie Williams has always done a terrific job on the show and she has a really, really standout moment in that episode. And it's very, very physical, the stuff that she does. I don't know, though, if that's the kind of uh, performance that wins an award, though, over, you know, what someone like Julia Garner is doing in Ozark, for example. So she yeah, oh, Garner is, is doing real character work in Ozark. Right, right. And I mean, Maisie, Lena, they, they've done it years and years and years. <laughs> there was years of character work. You know, and there were plenty of opportunities to reward them then, eight seasons worth, but they never did it. And it just, you know, it, it, this, and, and unlike Dinklage, who I think had a standout final season, um, and like I said, Maisie Williams had a standout final season as well, but it was more action based. It wasn't the, you know, saying lines and dramatic monologue beats and things of that nature, you know? So for that reason i'm calling a vote split and i'm going with julia garner for ozark damn shame too the ladies on game of thrones somebody deserves it somebody does all righty i digress we move on to the lead categories now outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie mahershala ali for true detective benicio del toro for escape of danamora hugh grant for a very English Scandal, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, Jarrell Jerome, When They See Us, and Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. This category has been a roller coaster throughout the entire season. Yep. But over the last, I'd say maybe six to eight weeks, uh, probably ever since nominations were announced, I think it's come to a point where there's a consensus finally starting to form. And I feel comfortable in saying I think that this is going to go to Jarrell Jerome. When the season started, I thought, oh, well, here we go. Mahersha Ali, this is it. And then Del Toro was on early on with uh, Dana Mora. And Hugh Grant, you know, was really good in a very English scandal. And uh, Rockwell does a lot of a lot of business in uh, Fosse Verdon. But you're right, Michael. I mean, it's been the last it's been right in the voting period when Jarrell Jerome's profile really began to rise out here and uh, i think he's going to take it (sighs) i remember when i watched that episode of when they see us and i watched jerell jerome what he did in part four and i remember having this reaction to the performance one that was of like hot damn i don't know if i will see anything else this year in film or television that will equal the power of what jerell jerome just did over the course of this episode, like th- this was above and beyond. And it was such a transformation. I I think on merit alone, I, I agree with you all. Um, I, 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 I got to ask you guys, is Jared Harris the number two for you guys? Because I'm having a hard time debating between the two of them. I really am. I actually have Mahershala as the number two, even though True Detective was not nominated. I mm-hmm. think he's such a star that it just makes sense to me to have him in the runners-up spot. Yeah, I have Harris at number two only because he's one of those actors' actors. 
uh, and that I think he is very, very highly respected um, for his years on Mad Men and, and other other shows. Um, but he has a lot of monologues. You know, it's like that final uh, episode where he has to go before the committee. And he's got some great writing yeah. uh, to aid him as well. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm really torn. Also, because Jared Harris is the industry veteran, the name, Jarrell Jerome. People are like, who is that? Oh, he was in Moonlight. Oh, which one? It, like, nobody knows who he is, you know? Out here, they do. Do they? Well, I mean, I, I can't tell you what Netflix has done to raise his profile out here. Well, it's called money. That's for sure. Well, I guess that's right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm also I'm also like very cautious about like how much I want to predict when they see us to win that big. But you know what? I I I think I will. I'll I'll go out on a limb here because you know what they they proved to me that they are willing to go for the newcomers when they did Riz Ahmed for the night of. That's a very good example. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was another case, too, where it was, like, quality of performance, like, won out despite uh, the lack of rain, uh, name recognition. Yeah, and and he was up against four heavyweights. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that there is another chance here. And when they see us, just might be powerful enough to work its way. But I'm telling you, don't be surprised if uh, Jared Harris wins for Chernobyl. And also, too, like, I wouldn't be upset. I thought he was great. No, no, it, it, it would be a deserved win in, in another year. Uh, I think he would be an easier win. Yeah. All right. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie. Amy Adams for Sharp Objects. Patricia Arquette, Escape at Danamora. Anjane Ellis for When They See Us. Joey King for The Act. Niecy Nash, When They See Us. And Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. It's got to be Michelle. I think it is. I'm going to be very cautious about that, though. I don't think it's a lock by any means. No, definitely no. Oh, no. You know, I, I hope it is. I think it is. But I don't want to, you know, be too confident about that. And I think it's a come from behind win because Arquette has win, been winning everything in sight. And I thought that was a lock until Fosse Verdon came along. And I honestly didn't expect Michelle Williams to be as good as she is. This is a performance that I would stack up against anything I've seen in film this year. Yeah. yeah I think this is Agreed. the best performance I've seen all year anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree that it's not a lock, but I think there is an admiration um, that, the, that has been you know, talked about enough out here for what she had to do in order to uh, be convincing in, in, a, in a role that required a lot of, of emotion and a lot of physical work. And uh, she nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's one of the best performances I've seen by any actor uh, this year by far. And I think she's got a narrative behind her. Remember, she got her start in television. That's right. I, I think that this is a good way also to recognize Fosse Verdon. That is, of course, if it doesn't win any of the technicals at the uh, Creative Arts Emmys, because obviously it's going up against Game of Thrones in many instances. So, yeah, I, I think that makes the most sense. I, you know, in, in, in that regard, it's interesting how 
Escape of Danamora was like the hot thing at the beginning of 2019. And just as the year has gone on, more stuff comes along. It just starts to sizzle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, too, I'll just say about this category. Um, I don't know. I mean, good for them. But Nisi Nash could have easily have won supporting. I, I, I'm just kind of baffled by uh, that placement. But yeah. It's a shame because she really is that good in it. I agree. Alrighty. What are we up to? We're up to comedy series. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Don Cheadle, Black Monday. Ted Danson, The Good Place. Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method. Bill Hader for Barry. Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek. I think this is the easiest call of the night, to be honest. I think Bill Hader, you know, sweeps right here. All right, so Bill Hader wins two times in a row. I, I'm inclined to do that because also, too, he is just, he is hot right now. Like, just in terms of being on the tip of everybody's tongue, uh, whether it's for It Chapter 2, Internet Love, whatever, man. <laughs> People can't get enough right now of Bill Hader. So, uh, Tom, Tom, you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, Barry is just too hot right now. Uh, you know, and... Uh, Got to give some love to Eugene Levy. He fought for this show and and the uh, and the love that they gave to Schitt's Creek, even though it's on pop TV, uh, was is re- really satisfying because it, it's very worthy work. And I'm just happy to see him getting acknowledged. Mm-hmm. All right, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series: Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Julia Louise Dreyfus for Veep. Oh, she's nominated. Stop. Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Leone for Russian Doll. Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. Yeah. Julia Louise Dreyfus is. Regardless of what else you think Veep might be doing for its final season on tonight, there is no denying that this is happening. Since it's her final year nominated for Veep, Matt. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to teach you that it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I don't know who Louise is. Okay. (laughs) We always do this, too. I I think this has been a common tradition, actually, on this uh, show, where this has happened to me at least. And the the worst part is I know it is. It's just the way when I see see it written down, that's how my brain just says it, you know? You know, it's it's the moment that everybody's going to be. Yeah, it's the moment that everybody's going to be waiting for if she does lose, who does she lose to? Rachel Brosnahan. Yeah. No, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is actually very strong here. But I think that's why I feel even more confident about her winning for writing. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think the perception is that it's, it's a writing triumph as opposed to necessarily a, you know, amazing acting. But she's terrific at it. So, Tom, you say everyone's going to have their eye on this category in this moment. You know who's really going to be watching, though? Who? Cloris Leachman. That's right. That is right. Yeah, this could be it. <laughs> All right. Drama actor. Jason Bateman for Ozark. Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. Kit Harrington, Game of Thrones. Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul. Billy Porter for Pose. Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us. I wasn't sure what to do with this category when the nominees were announced a couple weeks ago because it seemed like it could go to one of three people. Agreed. I just wasn't sure. And I think this is sort of, you know, 
become a little clearer in weeks since. And I think part of that is because of the show's return this summer. And I think that the return of Pose will greatly help Billy Porter find his way to a win. I, I too, am picking uh, Billy Porter. I... I agree with you for the reasons that you said. I think it also helps that the show is also nominated, obviously, for Best Drama Series. I, I'm i hesitant on it because I can I just have, like, the sense that the industry seems to be wanting to gear up to give it to Bateman at some point. Yeah, but I, I get that. And Bateman, you know, is certainly in the running. I mean, I sort of have him winning direction because of this, even though... The actors don't vote. That was your comp. Thing. That was the compromise you made with yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a compromise. But Billy Porter, we saw him at the Oscars this year. We saw yeah. him at all the other award shows. If you watch his episode that was submitted here, it is just one of the great performances. He, he's no, yeah, no, I've seen it. Show. He's excellent. Yeah, Bateman and Porter are the new faces. Bateman, not so much a new face, but in terms of being a real contender in this category. Uh, and I think I have Bateman at number two. I share your slight hesitancy in picking Porter because I honestly don't know uh, how this character is going over with audiences and with actors. Um, but I think there's a great deal of respect for him. Uh, I mean, he is, he's been through a lot and uh, he's really good in it. He's very good in that. Uh, you know, loves the answer episode. It's just a, a beauty. I, um, I'm going to pick Porter. I don't know. I, I'm I'm hesitant now because Ozark got. I just I, uh, I wonder if Porter's nomination for the show and for him, along with their creative nominations, I wonder if it's like passion votes versus what Ozark seems to have a little bit more so this year. With it seems like it just has more broad support. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because otherwise, like, where where are some of the other nominations for Pose, you know? Like, where's writing? Where where are some of the other actors? Where's directing? He's uh, the face of the show. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I think Jason Bateman will win next year unless something big comes along. Something big always uh, comes along. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think, you know. I mean, to be fair, it was supposed really to be Richard Madden for Bodyguard this year. And for some reason, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, thank uh, Mr. Harrington for that. Uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing that that show got just writing and drama series and yeah. like no text either. Like, that's just unbelievable to me. <laughs> uh, and also, too. Let's not discount the fact that Bob Odenkirk keeps getting nominated year after year after year. And at some point, I think that that show has to win somewhere. I mean, I do have Michael McKean winning as the only thing I have it winning right now. Yeah. But I would watch out for that. I think the show has cooled off. There was a period of time when it was a really hot contender. Well, I mean, it has been a year since that season aired, so that doesn't help. Uh, but that's like the new thing with television nowadays. Everybody takes a year and a half to two years now for a new season. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I'm going to make a final uh, ruling on this, and I am going to uh, go with Billy Porter for Pose, but I, I'm probably the most hesitant out of the three of you. All right. All righty. I, I did I, it. I just can't wait to see what he wears. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if he gets up on that stage with whatever it is he wear, he's wearing, it's going to be the big, you know, picture. It'll probably be our picture for the podcast that I'll use for the next day. <laughs> All right. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder. Laura Linney for Ozark. Mandy Moore, This Is Us. Sandra Oh, Killing Eve. And Robin Wright for House of Cards. So I think it's going to be Sandra Oh, but I'm... In the same way that I am with Michelle Williams, I'm not 100% convinced. I think there's always the risk of her splitting with Jodie Comer. You know, same show. And they're pretty equal in the season. So it's not like one is clearly the lead. That's a possibility. I think Laura Linney is a total Emmy's favorite and has a pretty juicy role in Ozark. So that's possible. And believe it or not, you know, I said that the nomination would be the reward here. But I would not be stunned if they, for some reason, just gave it to Robin Wright and said, thank you for your service on House of Cards. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. No, I wouldn't. No. In, in fact, believe it or not, this is going to sound really bizarre. I have Robin Wright at number two. I have Sandra Oh at number three. And I have Amelia Clark at number one. Oh, Matt. That story came out about her having the two brain aneurysms. There's this sentiment that she gave like the best performance of her uh, of, of her entire time on the show in this final season. And she was hindered by this awful writing that was given to her character, but she still carried it through. I, I, I definitely feel that there might be some sort of a uh, sympathy industry support for her as a result. I think her character needed a different fate. I, I agree with you. I, I agree. No, I think a different fate in order to win. But I don't know. I don't. Uh, but they're not rewarding that. They're rewarding the performance. Yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of people attach themselves to the character. And if it had been some grand moment in the finale, that would have, I think, done a lot of good in pushing her there. But I think at best, I have her at number four. And really, if you're looking for sympathy, I wouldn't look for it among enemy voters. No, <laughs> they're a hard bunch. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have, oh, a shaky number one, and Linny a very strong number two. I've been hearing a lot about Jamie Comer coming up fast, and that may be, you know, that may in, in, engender a split more than I would have thought before. Um, but I'm going to stick with, oh, right is not a bad call. I just don't think they, I just don't know whether the Academy wants anything to do with that show anymore. I mean, they want enough to do with it that they nominated her every single year the show is eligible. It's true. That is true. And they did. I, I think it's oh and Lenny, then a big drop off before you get to number three. I don't think Lenny's in it at all. Matt, she's like really an Emmy's darling. No, I know she is. I, I believe me. I know her history. <laughs> I definitely do, but I just don't get the overall sense of like she's the big takeaway from that show the same way that Garner or just Bateman from the directing and the um, writing and uh, acting side is. You know what I mean? She's like the Lady Macbeth. No, I know. I watched the show. <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying. I I don't know if that. I don't, I don't get that overriding sense of support. But then again, hey, listen, if she wins for this, 
then every year that she's nominated, we just got to pick her, you know, because we, we, we keep learning the lesson the hard way with Laura <laughs> Linney, it feels she's like. She's three that. for four right now. She wasn't nominated for season one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think that's only because of how strong it was last year. You know what? It, it did just suddenly occur to me that Sandra O oh has never won an Emmy. It was supposed to be last year. And they decided to give the Crown's uh, cast a send-off by rewarding uh, Claire Foy. Um, the show also won directing. It did pretty good last year. Uh, it's making me rethink now. And they've got Olivia Coleman coming in next year. But, but here's the problem now. Like, here's the deal. If Jodie Comer was not in this category, I would say, Sandra Oh, done deal. If it didn't do it last year, they're going to get around to it now. Here you go. But you know what? Sometimes they just never get around to it. No. You know, we keep saying, oh, this is the year that they're going to get around to it. And, you know, and sometimes that does happen, you mm-hmm. know. But I said that every year about Steve Carell. Never happened. Nope. But then then you have a Kiefer Sutherland for 24 where it happens in season five or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. All right. I think my final I think my final ruling on this is I'm going to I'm going to stick with Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones. I'm going to stick with it because I I just I don't know. I have this weird, unshakable feeling that Peter Dinklage cannot be the only person they reward from this show, especially when they nominated all these actors this year. I just I have a hard time seeing that happening. So I'll leave it at that. But man, oh man, I just want to move over to another category because this is just too much for me to take at this point. <laughs> Outstanding competition program, The Amazing Race, American Ninja Warrior, Nailed It, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Shelf, Top Chef, and The Voice. Until we see differently, I think Drag Race is going to be the show that continues to win this year and in year out. I agree. This is a category that just repeats. Yep. But but it uh, it's it it is. Of the of these, it's the only one that people are still talking about. Yeah, that's true. Outstanding variety talk series: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel Live last week tonight with John Oliver, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oliver. Mm, Oliver. Yeah, John Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. 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 John Stewart 2.0. Yeah. Outstanding Variety Sketch Series, At Home with Amy Sedaris, Documentary Now, Drunk History, I Love You, America with Sarah Silverman, Saturday Night Live, and Who is America? SNL. I think, I don't think Documentary Now is strong enough to be able to take on SNL. Um, I I don't think so either, Um, which is weird because I I do think it is strong enough to win that directing award, uh, as we talked about earlier, but... Uh, I'm with you. I, I think Saturday Night Live is still still running pretty strong, all things considered. Outstanding television movie. Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, Brexit, Deadwood the movie, King Lear, and My Dinner with Hervé. I think this is the second easiest call of the night after Bill Hader. I think Deadwood is going to take this in a walk, and it'll be a very poignant moment to see David Milch on the stage accepting for what will be the, his last project. And I'm really sorry, but they I think they fucked up incredibly by not giving him a writing nomination as well. But that, that astonished me. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the least they can do. 
as far as I'm concerned as well. So yeah, I'm with you, Michael. Easy call. Yeah, I agree. All right. Outstanding limited series, Chernobyl, Escape of Denimora, Fosse Verdon, Sharp Objects, and When They See Us. One of the best lineups in this category's history. Jeez. <laughs> and I said it earlier, I will repeat it again. I think When They See Us is going to take it. Agreed. I think the push that Netflix has given the series has been nothing short of phenomenal. They've really, you know, gone the extra mile in every way, shape, and form. And it's really going to pay off here, I think. Yeah. And uh, you can't, it, I think the Emmys would like to, rep, you know, be seen as uh, rewarding a show that really is important. Television has a sometimes a very in, much of an inferiority complex. And this is an important series and deserves to be seen. And I think they're going to reward it for it. Outstanding comedy series, Barry, Fleabag, The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, and Veep. This is a real tough one. It's, it, it, yeah, it is. I think there's a case to be made for four of these contenders. I think it's between Barry, Fleabag, Maisel, and Veep. Yep. Yep. And it, it's really, really tough. I'm having doubts about all of them. So what I'm going to do is what am I going to do? Uh, I don't think it's going to be Veep here. I'm going to start eliminating them. I don't think it's going to be Veep because I think when you drop that much in nominations between seasons, I think that's a sign that something might be a little bit off. Veep ended fine, but it's definitely not the high point. And I just don't think it's going to be the winner again. So scratch that. And Julie Louis, Julie Louis, Dreyfus winning is kind of it kind of feels like it is the win for Veep, you know, right. like the, the the standard win, if you will, for the whole show. Agreed. So we'll take that off. Fleabag, okay. as good as it is, I think is also maybe a little bit too hip to represent the whole thing. And I think you're gonna have some more traditional voters backing away from it. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, the predicted Coleman and writing uh, wins, if it, if it does go that way. I, th- I think that that's, you know, acknowledgement enough for Phoebe, for the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'm feeling that. I mean, re- I mean, realistically, I mean, this is what has been in my mind the whole time. It has really been Barry and Maisel, which right. uh, Maisel did amazing with its them. nomination hall. And Barry just, you know, shot up to the sky this year from season one. Yeah. And when I think about this, you know, they're both incredibly strong. I think of last year when Game of Thrones won drama series and sort of a surprise. You know, I think some people were predicting it, but not everybody was. I wasn't. And it didn't have a huge performance that night, but then they just got to drama series and it won. And I think in the same way, Maisel is going to take it for a second season here. I'm going to go with Barry. Uh, I'm going to go with Barry just because hater winning... Uh, the show winning directing potentially and it really I mean I don't I don't know about you guys but when that show was on this year and even after it was off the air uh people were talking about it and like I said I feel like Barry's one of those shows that each time it's on the air I think the following is gonna just continue to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you know Michael I'm, I'm with you on the sense that Maisel could be like that placeholder when um not not to discredit it or anything like that because i think it's still a phenomenal show uh but 
I think Bar if Barry doesn't win this year, uh, then I, I have this feeling it'll probably never win. Well, why can't it win next year? Uh, I, I have this feeling that at that point, something something like really new will come along that will be like the hot thing in town, like a Mr. Robot or a Homeland or, you know what I mean? Like in its debut season just really starts to uh, like, you know what I mean? Like really capture everybody's attention a little bit more so. Well, I mean, if we're talking about Barry being the show. Well, think about it this way. Barry can either exceed expectations and go to the moon next year with its third season or it has peaked. I think Barry next year is going to be like when Breaking Bad finally started winning series. It started off with, you know, Brian Cranston and a few other wins here and there, but it didn't really hit its apex until later on. But it was also too, the other thing about that that I, I keep going back to is that the voting was also different then. Tom, Tom what, what what do you think? I think that, um, well, before I, I think it's between Barry and Maisel. I'm, I'm, just before we get into a final pick, I just I was just surprised how the final season of Veep, really the crowning comedy jewel of HBO, kind of seemed like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. it, all the attention was on to Game of Thrones. And here they are concluding one of the most successful Emmy-laden comedy series in recent years. And it just seemed to kind of go on its merry way and then has a, had a good finale and it was over. And um, I, it's, just, it's a shame. I wish it had gone out on a higher note. Uh, I, for that reason, I don't think it has much of a chance. Maisel had a very good second season, I thought. Yeah. Um, it, it, there, was, there's, there wasn't much of a sophomore slump at all, and they really continued the characters. Um, I don't know. I, this is just a hunch. Uh, the, I had the gut feeling that Maisel was seen as the stopgap last year that in the absence of Veep. Veep hasn't come back, and I don't think Maisel was necessarily the undeniable frontrunner because of Barry. It's just it's too many people are talking about Barry, and certainly the uh, three supporting actor nominations uh, shows that there's a, a deep bench there. You, you know what's gonna? You know what? I just double checked to make sure I was right about this before I said something, and uh, I kind of felt it. I just wanted to make sure, and now that I've confirmed it, I think I'm gonna officially pick Barry. No questions asked. Maisel doesn't have a writing nomination. Yes, that that is true. It does not have a writing nomination. But that has not stopped shows in the past. I, I, I know, but just because I can't think of any other way to pick one way or another right now between the two, that, that's what I will use as but my we, excuse. But we have to remember, <laughs> too, that Maisel won writing last year. Right. And the fact that it didn't even get a nomination this time. I mean, Veep doesn't have directing, you know? It doesn't have... Uh, uh, well, I mean, I don't even know why I'm talking about Veep. I, I think we've all established that Veep is probably not going to do it this year. But but Barry's got them all. Yeah, yeah that's why that's why I'm leaning. Uh, I'm finally leaning towards Barry. The only reason I would say it's Maisel is because it did have a very impressive nomination haul. Clearly, it is still beloved. And we could be in for a modern family type of scenario where it's just the same thing wins year after year. You know? Maybe. I, th I think it's, you know, the, the tech stuff on, on Maisel is really striking and, and you know, impeccably done. Um, but I have the feeling they're going to go for Barry. Okay. All right. Outstanding drama series. Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, 
pose, succession, this is us. I only have one question and one question only. Does anyone want to predict the upset of the decade? Yeah, we're done here. I think so. (laughs) No, I mean, it's... 32 nominations for a single season of TV. The most in television history. It's got to be Game of Thrones. Got to be. That that just like, I, like I knew it was going to get a lot of nominations. I knew it was going to get probably even more than what it got uh, for its previous seasons when I started to do the math. But some of these double dips in acting, directing, uh, it just like it, it exceeded far beyond. Yeah, I, I would just put an asterisk next to that because quite smartly, The Crown and Handmaid's Tale got out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. They would have taken a lot of those acting uh, categories. And, you know, I look at the creative arts Emmys that Thrones is up up for this year. I could very easily see a scenario. I'm like, I'm not kidding. I could see a scenario where it nearly sweeps the creative arts Emmys this year. Like, I, I mean, literally everything, cinematography, costumes, hairstyling, main title design. They redid the titles yes. for the final season. Makeup, the score. I mean, they got to give they got to give the score to Raman Jawadi. Like, I'm going to the freaking concert for the score this weekend, for goodness sake. The score is, is a thing of its own. Production design, the makeup, the editing, the sound, the visual effects, the stunts. It's going to win all of those. Yeah. I mean, and then you just factor in the other stuff, you know, it has a chance to win directing. God help me, it could win writing. Mm. <laughs> Dinklage is a pretty sure bet. It's got to win drama series at that point. It's just got to. Yeah. Unless if, like I said, unless if the backlash is truly real and has had enough time to simmer and sit and make people go, yeah, you know what? It really wasn't as good as I thought it was. Now, was it? But man, oh man, do I not see pe- enough people doing that? <laughs> no, no, it's true. And the thing is, uh, where do you go? There's no strong, powerful second. You know, that's a good question. Um, let's ask that question, Michael. Uh, what would be number two? I think Ozark is going to be in second place here. My, uh, yeah, I, I think so too. Because well, the only thing that Ozark doesn't have is Ozark doesn't have writing. Uh uh, Succession doesn't have acting. This is us is missing stuff. Killing Eve is missing directing, right? Yeah. And does anything have everything? Nothing has everything. No. Only Thrones. Yeah. And there you it's go. like you can't even say there's a number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think I think Ozark is a good call there, Michael. Especially also considering what else it could possibly win uh, as well. And it's funny, too, because if Succession was a different network, I would say Succession is the number two. But the fact that it's HBO against HBO, it's like Game of Thrones is like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> Succession. Aww. But I say look out for Succession next year. I agree. I think Succession is really starting to catch on. I love that I work at, an, uh, at a new job now where people actually are up to date on television. So I, I very much get a better sense of what people are watching in, in the real world. <laughs> And so Succession is a show that I hear a lot of people always chatting about all the time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Game of Thrones all the way. I, I'm, 
God, God help me. Yeah, Michael, you know, I'll go with Ozark as number two for now. Well, that's it. We have it. There we have it. Those yeah. are the Emmys. That's it. I, I Listen, I, I was a huge, huge Game of Thrones fan. I I will not care if it, I don't care. Even if it wins writing, I mean, I'll be hurt for like a minute. Uh, but I but I won't care. I'll be happy with everything it wins, regardless of the quality of this final season as like an epic send off for everybody and for what the show has accomplished for the history of television. Um, I won't care. I'll be perfectly content with it. I'll be happy to move on to a new season. If Game of Thrones loses, you know, like, say, best drama series or Dinklage loses or something like that happens, I, I will be uh, I like I'll tell you, Game of Thrones losing drama series would go down probably as the most shocking awards television moment this decade next to moonlight and la la land in best picture flub yeah if game of thrones loses drama series it's going to have to be presented by warren Beatty and fade down away it, it would <laughs> I, I think i really think something like that would like I, it would break the internet <laughs> it, it really might uh, it'll be a fun night. It'll be a fun night in that regard because it's one of those things where it just feels like it's so, so, so predestined that if something else were to happen, oh my God, I can't even imagine. Oh, oh. I'm excited to watch it for that reason alone. Along with all the other little things they have like throughout, that'll be great to see. You know, David Milch, like we said before, Ava DuVernay possibly heading for a very big night. Um, it'll be great to see uh, Maisel, Barry, Fleabag, like... I think we've done like a really good job here of kind of spreading the wealth. Yeah. Um, even though deep down, I think we all know it's not going to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> In an ideal world, right? It would be nice. Yeah. So the Emmys are always full of surprises. Yeah, it's true. There's always a win here that you never see coming and it happens and you're like, oh. That's that's what's so frustrating about picking the Emmys because they they go in every which way direction. You know, the Oscars we've got our precursors and that's very nice. Here they're all over. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder why don't we not have more precursors yeah. for the Emmys, right? Because there is a there is a a chasm between the Golden Globes and when it's scheduled and Emmy time. Oh yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. It feels like two different universes, honestly. Remember when we were all saying Patricia Arquette was going to sweep? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Michael, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Tom, what about you? And enjoy the Emmys, everybody. And you can find me at Thomas E. O'Brien. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our predictions for the 2019 Emmy Awards, which will be airing live on, I got the date here somewhere, September 22nd. More than enough time for you guys to contemplate our choices. Tweet at us. Let us know if you think we're wrong. Present some of your ideas. We would love to get some feedback from all of you. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Series podcast. We will be back with a recap episode following the Emmy Awards. We will talk about the ceremony itself, the winners, how we did with our predictions, and if there were any surprises. And guess what? There probably will be. Thank you so much for listening to us. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify under the Next Best Picture podcast. Send us a review on iTunes, rate us five stars, leave us some feedback, and subscribe to us on Patreon. One dollar minimum a month can get you some exclusive podcast content, including the occasional, not often, we're trying to boost it, but occasional series recap of certain television shows. 
Thank you once again for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. 